Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the captain is back as the Sabres signed forward Kyle Opozo to a one-year $2.5 million deal. Opozo just finished up a seven-year $42 million deal that was filled with ups and downs in the form of personal success, some very serious injuries, his play falling off a cliff, then reimagining his playing style to again become a contributing NHL player. He was named captain last year, and his importance to the room as a veteran presence and leader cannot be overstated. His play had fallen off a cliff, but he has gracefully transitioned into a strong defensive forward who is not nearly the liability that he used to be on the ice. Plus, he's just 16 games away now from playing his 1,000th game, and it would be extremely meaningful to the fans, the locker room, and Opozo himself to reach that milestone here in Buffalo. I think it's also very important to note that he has seen it all with this organization and has been through the absolute darkest of times. There would be something beautifully poetic, in my opinion, about him being here next season and then breaking the playoff drought as a perfect way for him to ride off into the sunset, knowing that he left the franchise in a much better place than when he arrived. So, Taylor, what are your thoughts on the Sabres bringing back Opozo? Well, I think it was interesting because we talked about this a few times, what they would do. They have, have him, both him and Gergensen's as... UFAs, and those are both probably their two best defensive forwards and guys that have played together for a few years now, well, on and off, but they've played together a good amount. And I think it's pretty clear that they're both pretty valuable players, but it's also clear that they kind of have a lot coming up through the pipeline. But still, even um, with how good they were, how good their forward group was last year, it they were a little leaky, to say the least. So it's not easy to just give up on both and or one of two of your best defensive players. So with that in mind, uh, I think people thought you might be taking one of them back. And I was kind of, to me, it was kind of a toss up. I think we talked about that like a month or two months ago. Like right now, Gergen says he's younger, less of an injury risk, all that stuff. But Oposo, all the stuff you just mentioned about how important he's been to the locker room and what a good story it is overall. So I kind of was really cool with both. And frankly, I would be fine if they also brought Gergensen's back. Although I don't think that's happening. I think it's good. I think it it maintains their captain for another year. So they, they still have a strong leadership group. There's not going to be some question about who has to be the captain next year, although there are some guys that could have stepped up. And he's, like we said, a strong, strong defensive forward. You need that in the NHL. You need 
you need guys who uh, are good in their own zone as forwards, more than a few of them. So, and you need guys, even if you think of them as a fourth liner, you need fourth liners. You need guys to go out there and not suck. You need guys to go out there and just be pretty good. So I'm happy with it overall. And it's a good price considering his drop in salary that gets you what an extra three and a half million. That's great. I mean, they Definitely. have a lot of cap room, but they won't always. I was going to say, I think it's also fair to mention the fact that this team is not going to come close to reaching the the cap next year. Like they're going to have a lot of space still. You're still a year off from a lot of these bigger extensions kicking in that they're going to have to be negotiating when it comes to Darlene and power, namely. So there's going to be a lot of room here. And so I'm not in any way, shape or form going to be hand wringing about giving a Pozo 2.5 million. I think that that's totally fine. I think what the more interesting conversation is, though, is about the bottom six now and how this is going to end up making things shake out. Because as you had mentioned before, we had talked about that, that it felt as though it was going to be one of a Pozo or Gergensen's because ideally you're going to want to have, whether it's internally or externally, some kind of an upgrade on the third line. So assuming that Victor Olofsson is out the door, you know, your third line is essentially looking something like maybe Krebs in the middle of middle stat and another guy. And if that's internally, maybe it's in the form of Kulik or Savoy. And then your fourth line, you have a Pozo back now for sure. You have Tyson Jost, who's an RFA. And I think that the team has to be very pleased with how well of a, an acquisition he was last year, just picking him up on waivers and what a, a great defensive forward that he ended up being for them. But you also have Jordan Greenway and it's a little bit interesting to think about what the Sabres plans might be there because Greenway had uh, a nice stretch where he was picking up some goals and and you were getting some of the point production there. But I think overall, looking at his tenure with the Sabres, his very short tenure, I should say, to be fair, as a whole, I wasn't completely blown away with him by any means. And it didn't feel as though this is a guy that you need to make room for on the third line in the same way that a guy like Krebs needs to have that spot. Like, you can't run Krebs back on the fourth line next year, in my opinion. No way. However, I do think that that is a spot where Greenway is maybe a little bit more well-suited, but you gave up a second-round pick for a guy that you're going to play as your fourth, on your fourth line. It just I, – I don't know. I mean, I know, obviously, the acquisition of Greenway itself was a, was a reclamation project, you know, because he had fallen out of favor with Minnesota. Granado has the history with him. But tying this back into a Pozo, then – and Gergensen's for that matter, too. If you already have Jost, Opozo, and Greenway lined up for next year, how does Gergensen's really fit into that mix? That's a great question. I actually, earlier today, our, I don't know how to put it, our presenting sponsor partner, Joe Marino of yeah. the Charging Buffalo, uh, had a list of forwards under contract or under team control for next year, and I was like, oh, yeah, Jost. <laughs> Shit, we got to fit that guy in too. Yeah. That's on top of Kulik and Savoy. And, and people are even talking about Lucas Rusek as a possibility. Well, I mean, in that case, I don't think you got you picked up Jost for nothing. And frankly, he was pretty good last year. They didn't trade Greenway for nothing. Makes me think this is kind of might be the end of the line for Gus. It kind of feels that way. And while he was a, a very strong defensive player for this team, I'm not really mad about that necessarily. I think especially if you are going into next year with the plan that Greenway is going to be on the fourth line, I would much rather have Greenway as your fourth line winger and giving 
Savoy or Kulik an opportunity as compared to re-signing Gergensen's, having the fourth line of Joe Stopozo Gergensen's, and then you're pretty much making Greenway have to be, uh, you know, playing on the third line there. I just, I don't know. Again, and uh, I think that also just leads into the fact that I, I hope that acquisition cost for green a guy like greenway is not going to be the driving force of what this team's plans are like if they want to have success next year if they want to be a playoff team next year they cannot go into the season saying oh well we gave up x amount for this player so that means that they have to play at this spot you have to put the guys out there in the best situations for them and for the team as a whole and while yeah, like, let's be real. It sucks to think that we would have given up a, a second round pick for a fourth liner. That's just what the reality of the situation is. And if this team is better with Savoy or Kulik getting that spot on the third line and bumping Greenway down to that fourth line role, where maybe you have the ability then to flex him up and up the lineup if needed. I think that that is just a, a no brainer. But I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Taylor? Do you feel similarly about Greenway or do you think that since they invested this, uh, you know, a pretty decent piece of capital in him in a second round pick that they should give him more opportunity than just sticking him on the fourth line. Well, no, I don't really believe in the, you know, like there's a whole sunk cost fallacy thing. So I don't believe that just because you gave up a lot for a guy that you, you automatically have to give him all these chances. I don't think that, but I do think they're going to do it. I, I think both Adams and Granado, I'm sure, was a key factor in getting him in the in the trade. Granted that they had a relationship in the past. So I think since they made that trade, they're going to give him a chance. So mm-hmm. I'll accept that as a promise. There's no way they're just going to be like, screw this guy. Like, But that he, that chance still might be on the fourth line. It might be. Who knows? Like, I think they might try to work him out through the lineup. I think what I would ask and what's it's a totally unreasonable ask to just be like, wave this guy. If he doesn't have a good camp, it's just not going to happen. What could be a reasonable ask is if this guy is not making it happen on those second and third lines and he's dragging other guys down, make him a fourth liner. I mean, you give him time to try to make it work, but if it's not going to work, don't, don't waste too much time on it. Right. That's generally what the way I think about it. And I got to say, like they made two, Kind of eyebrow raising moves at the deadline, but at well around the deadline, one was criticized a lot more than the other. I think people understood why you'd bring Greenway in, even if he hadn't had a good year, and but people didn't understand at all why you'd bring Riley Stillman in. Well, like Riley Stillman was actually pretty competent in what he did last year as a third pairing guy, and I I can't say the same for Greenway. I don't think he was really competent at all to close the year. He scored more than he did in Minnesota, I guess, but. Yeah, I don't know. He he wasn't uh, like a difference maker. And he just honestly wasn't even that. He was probably their 10th best forward. That's not a great thing to have. You just gave up mm-hmm. a second round pick for this guy. But yeah, I, I, I think that's basically what you're looking at next year is give him a shot for sure, but don't spend the whole year trying to make it work. Right. I think that's a Let's great point. Let's not Sabatka this. <laughs> right. No, 100%. I think that's a great point about bringing up Stillman because if you look at what the initial reaction was and, and not even basing it on like a widespread scale, just like, uh, among you and I, like when they traded Stillman, both of us were kind of like, yeah, not really particularly a, a big fan of this. Like, doesn't really feel like it makes sense very much. With Greenway, it was, well, you gave up a, a pretty significant piece there, but maybe he's got some juice. Maybe it's a similar thing with Jost where you get him in Granado system. A, a much more optimistic feel to it, but it's very indicative of just how different 
the course of the rest of their seasons went that with Stillman now were both of the belief of being like, well, yeah, he, he played his way into at least being, you know, the seventh defenseman. I, I think that that's more than yeah. fair to expect with just how he played last year. I thought he was fine. He kept him above water overall. He looked pretty good in Granado system. Whereas with Greenway, that really wasn't the case. I mean, he was very slow out there and I know you brought him in to give you a little bit of a physical element that you didn't have before. And I don't think that, you know, he, he didn't bring that necessarily, but you just got to, again, it just goes back to the point of the value that you're getting out of the particular spot in the lineup that that guy is playing. And for me, Greenway feels like you have much more value playing him on the fourth line because the value of having Savoy or Kulik, or who knows, maybe they make a, an external addition for all we know. I, I don't know, but having that, additional scoring punch i think it, it just it, it's way too important to pass that up just for the sake of well we invested x amount in a guy like you know we're we're trying to make the playoffs here next year it is a necessity it is the bar it is the goal you have to do it and so i think that you know that that's just what their mindset needs to be to be completely honest but let's get back to kyle opozo here because we got off tracks a little bit so i i do think that this deal, while I would have understood if they would have moved on and I, I would not have been heartbroken by any means, it didn't feel like he was going to play anywhere else by any any stretch of the imagination. But if that was the case, you know, I, I don't I would have been sad, you know, but I wouldn't have been like, oh, man, this is like a really pivotal thing. And I kind of have a, a similar feeling in the inverse of them bringing him back. You know, I, I'm I'm choosing with this because of the guy, because of Opozo. And again, like we all the things we talked about, the presence in the locker room, what he's been through, him being able to kind of see this through this just horrible, dark period in Sabres hockey, the darkest period, if we're being honest, in the history of the franchise, him being able to see that through and being able to be a part of getting this team over the hump, even if it is in a in a 12, 13th forward role, whatever it may be, I think it, it makes it worthwhile bringing him back. You know, he's earned it. He's deserved it. And again, if you don't bring back Gergensen's, I think that it just kind of gives you more of an opportunity then to shape what the leadership group is going to look like after Opozo leaves. But having him around for another year and having him there when they're going to be playing in these very clutch, important games down the stretch come March and April of this upcoming season, it's it's going to prove to be invaluable. And so, I, again, just it, it's very, very deserving. And I think that, while, like I said before, it's a testament to his ability to have been able to transition his game into a way of going from that kind of like power for scoring power forward style that had earned him that big contract and had, you know, made him be a pretty solid player early on in the contract to then after the injuries happen to come back, adjust his game be able to become this incredibly defensively competent forward. That's just very reliable for you. Every time you're out there, you know, uh, he doesn't have blazing speed or anything like that, but you know, if he's out there that the fundamental smart plays are going to be able to get made. And again, I think it's, it's absolutely well-deserved for the sake of, of both the player and the person. So do you want to talk a little bit more about, again, just opposes importance and maybe what his role can look like for this team next year? Yeah, I think the role kind of just looks the same, but I agree with you. I think it the story is really interesting, too. It's not just that he brings value. He does. He'll bring value as a good defensive forward and as a captain who's a good leader in the locker room, especially a locker room full of young guys. 
And maybe even uh, here's a, an idea. A lot of these guys, you have out of so many, so many young guys, so many prospects, they're not all going to be stars. They're most guys are worse in the NHL than they were at other levels. It's just kind of how it goes. So you really have to adjust. And there's some guys that uh, one of the big uh, deciding factors, if guys make it or not as NHL players is not if like they're, uh, live up to their draft type because you, you probably just won't be as good as you were. Like I said, at your previous level, it's the AHL college juniors, whatever. So usually you're just not going to be almost everyone who makes the NHL was a good score at another level, especially forwards. So you have to like get good at something else like a niche or become a more well-rounded player or like Oposo in the middle of his career, just became a good defensive player. So do you want to wash out when you're 27 and you start to get a little injured and all of a sudden, Oh, how you're not as useful as you used to be gone. no, you want to stick around with other skills or like an example of these younger guys, maybe uh, if you're not going to be a scorer in the NHL, you don't know what your, what your niche is going to be. And then you're gone. Like there's no, no need for like a, a Mikhail Gregorenko, a guy who, Oh, you can't score at this level. And oh, you can't do anything else either. I guess. See ya. So I think Oposo is good as not just a, a guy to have around, but somewhat like an example to younger guys, like, Hey, this is how you can change your game. Here's the things you can do to make yourself useful when maybe you aren't the productive player you thought you were going to be at this level. So that's great. Someone in the Sabres pipeline, including guys that are going to be up next year, at least some of them are not going to be first line players or even second line players. So that's another angle he's really valuable on. But I just also feel like having a guy around for a long time actually feels good. And I, maybe we could talk about this with Gergensen's later too, but it, one of the things that really sucks about turning your team over as often as the Sabres have is there's just no one to have any connection to, like over the years. No one that has uh, evolved over the years, even with young guys they drafted, like Ristolainen and LOL, like, but Eichel and Reinhardt, like you, you had to trade both of them. And in the previous era, they had to get rid of Roy, Pominville, Vanek, Stafford, all before, like, I want to say all before they hit 30. And then they eventually got Pominville back, obviously. Gostad, too, who was another longtime core member. And then don't even want to mention Ryan Miller, but yeah, they unfortunately had to get Ryan, rid of Ryan Miller too. And then that next era was super transient. It was just the tank era. And then you have that Michael Reinhardt era and you had O'Reilly for three years, Evander Kane for three and a half years, technically, or roughly three years, whatever. And then those guys are gone. So it's cool that you have someone that's actually like, I don't know, played a decent amount of games for this franchise. If they are to make the playoffs this year, they'll have a guy who's been here for a lot of the bad times. And some of these guys, that's also true of Skinner and Tage to some extent. But shit, Oposa got brought here by Tim Murray. Mm-hmm. That's it's and it's been such a wild run as you alluded to there. We've talked about the athletic article about how dire the situation was with his injury in 2017 and how it really affected his life, not just his career and his recovery from that and just everything. And I also not in, you know, this is a sore subject, but around this time last year, there was the awful tragedy at Tops, and Oposo was one of the guys who uh, stepped up and really was at the front lines at Tops. And I don't want to say front lines, but he was there at Tops like day after day, like trying to help after what happened. And, you know, he's in general, whenever there's been something that's come up, he's been a guy that can like speak to speak to it, social justice things or really anything that comes up. He can, he's a good guy to have around for that reason. 
Absolutely. Because again, none of those younger guys on the team have really had to step into that role at all. I mean, we talk about guys like Rasmus Dahlin or Alex Tuck or Dylan Cousins, who may be the future of this leadership group, but Opozo has been that guy. And so to just continue to have that presence around, even if it is just for one more year, I think is going to prove to be very valuable because I don't think it's an accident that with the three guys that I had just mentioned there and even notably some other ones too. I mean, we've talked about Peyton Krebs as another guy. I mean, we talked about how Jack Quinn really was starting to develop more of a, a vocal part of his game towards the end of last season. I don't think it's an accident that Opozo being there and the way that the vibes in the room have shifted coincides with the fact that all of these guys are really starting to find their footing in terms of this leadership role. And so again, if just having him there to foster that for one more year and really allowing that new leadership group to kind of step up and assert itself, I I think is going to be great. And I I think we're going to see that even more this year than we did last year. And, And last year, I mean, it was, it was just so blatantly evident. So yeah, happy about this for sure no no complaints here whatsoever there's obviously going to be a bit of a log jam among the forward group right now but again we don't know what the off season is going to look like there could be moves that are coming that we don't know about or they could just roll into next season with a very similar amount of forwards or a similar forward group and you know maybe there is uh one or two homegrown homegrown additions to the mix whether it's like Rusek as a as a 13th forward or like we said one of the the recent first rounders being able to step into that third line role potentially too so again i the sabers forward group is in a pretty good place right now i i think that that is pretty undeniable at this point and we all know that the real work that needs to be done is in net and on the blue line so did we mention the joe yurden thing What's that? That today is kind of, I, I guess, a preview of this. It was at like noon. Sabres PR, the Sabres PR Twitter, uh, retweeted an old Yurden tweet from October 8th, 2022, where he, his tweet, he's quote tweeting Matt Beauvais, both former guests of this show. And Beauvais has a video of the Sabre, of Oposo speaking um, about his, ta- his first six years in Buffalo. It's right after he'd been named captain. And Joe said, team captain slash dad, Kyle Oposo. If you think someone else should have been named captain, watch this and see what you think after. And the Sabres PR, I think they unretweeted it, but they, they retweeted did. it. They did. Yeah. <laughs> they retweeted it at like noon today. And it was like, hmm, what the hell is that about? <laughs> they, they retweet that old tweet. But that, that was also kind of a maybe a hint that they were working on something. Um, but also before we get to our ads, I just wanted to also mention, since I, I brought up Oposo being here a long time, We'll talk more about it if it really is the end of the line with Gus, but Zemgus, I think he's the last Darcy Regeer guy. Oh my God. I could be mistaken, but I think he is. Well, no disrespect to, to Z, but uh, I'm good for that era to be over. That's not a connection I want to have anymore. Now to the end of that line. Yeah. Well, that's, it's crazy though, isn't it? Like it's taken a long wild. time. Absolutely yeah. wild to think about. Darcy I is a uh, yeah, and he's been the last one since uh, since Risto, right? Since Risto got bounced, I would yeah. say I'd have to go look at it, but I'm pretty sure those were the last two for a while because they traded Grigorenko and Zadorov for O'Reilly, and uh, the rest of those drafts were of uh, a nightmare. Oh, and also they traded Comfort in that trade. Those are all for gear guys. Bad stuff, though. Bad, bad, bad drafts. 
Very, say, very bad. Ended his Horrendous. time. With Horrendous yeah. drafts. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, well, anyway, should we get to some ads then? Let's do it. Wow. You're not going to believe this. Our first sponsor, Darcy Regeer's new restaurant. Oh, man. Wow. We got to cut the rest of that stuff we just said. What's it called? Pain and Suffering? Uh, damn, I wish I had a... I, I had something for that. No. <laughs> no. Believe it or not, Gastropub sells gigantic uh, uh cheeseburgers that are uh as dry as a paper towel and mm. uh you can get a 24 ounce blue moon there for wow look at this eleven dollars and eighty cents that's great wow what it's a located deal. uh in whatever city you're in it's located in the most bland exurb so how about that unbelievable feels like those kind of burgers would be the ones that would have like the real like soggy bottom roll you know how yeah. some burgers just have a that vi- with the juice? just a yeah. super thick uh burger with a really thin bottom bun very thin bottom bun yeah it's like ripping apart on the bottom because it's all wet Ugh. yeah great stuff Darcy Regeer, congrats on the new restaurant yeah how about <laughs> i can't believe all that was in the ad read <laughs> i know that was that's wild yeah Starting buffalo or uh or hockey podcast network i mean they, good for them for picking that up yeah, next next ad. DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So, for example, you're listening to this on Thursday, maybe? Well, Thursday night, we got a hockey game. Game four, potentially the final game of the Western Conference Finals between Vegas and Dallas. Uh, right now, Dallas is favored, actually, in this game. People think they're going to hold off and not get swept. It, uh, the puck line, one and a half, so Dallas is plus 205 there. The over-under for the game is only five and a half. It's been a pretty low-scoring series overall. Money line, minus 125 if you bet on Dallas. So, I mean, that's it's an interesting thing. That series has been weird. I don't know what to think. Like, Ottinger was really terrible, and Aiden Hill is really good. It's really been a nonsense Strange. playoffs for goalies. So... Anyway, if you're interested in betting on that, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. And your call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, most eligible states, but age, sorry, 21 and over in most eligible states, but age will vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. So let's face it, folks. It's time to do the Raycon ad read. And with coffee starting at $5, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most of the products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. And folks, with summer starting, there's a lot of places you probably want to spend your money. You want to get Brendan a good birthday gift. You want Aww. to go to happy hour with your friends. You want to, I don't know, maybe try some tapas. You've heard about tapas your whole life. You're not really sure what they are. You want to try them. <laughs> It'd make you sound sophisticated if you did it. So you want to do that. So you want to spend your money on that. You don't want to spend too much money on headphones when you could get perfectly good headphones with Raycon. 
Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big, sorry, big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks, and they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. Plus, there are over 50,000 five-star reviews to such tremendous features as three custom create customizable sound profiles, earbud tap function, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect most comfortable in your fit, crystal clear call quality. They're water and sweat resistant, and the everyday earbuds come with eight hours of playtime. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right. And next up is Thin Man Brewery. So Brendan and I just had our third trivia, or sorry, fourth trivia night, fourth trivia night there, uh, which was a great time. Another solid showing. Uh, really good job by the teams that were there. Uh, really no slackers except for the yeah. one team we won't mention who finished last. <laughs> we uh, we upped our game with the questions. There we had some we had some pretty hard ones. Wasn't there only one round that had a perfect uh, perfect score? Right. I no. There was was there two and then they I mean, both two had teams to... two teams. Had oh got, yeah, in the round had a yeah, perfect right. round, but there was only one round that yeah. anybody got completely correct. Yeah. So want to shout out the winners? Not today, Shatan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Eichel sucks. The other team who has finished top two all four times uh, wanted to shout out uh, Mike Monahan donated another Fred Jackson signed photo for us to give away, which I believe was won by not today. Shatan or was yeah. it won by no, it was, or was it the other team? I could be mistaken here. Anyway, there's a, a really solid top three, I should say, uh, but also should mention uh, that his team, Michael sucks got two different tiebreaker questions right and did it exactly. So when we do tiebreaker questions, it's a a big total number and we want the two teams to guess a number and see who's closer. That way we don't have to answer, you know, can't, can't answer a question that's like, Oh, the answer is uh, John Scott. And it's like, Oh, you both got it right. And you know, the question. So that's why we do that. Uh, And here's the thing. They didn't just get it closer. They got it exactly right. Both times. One was the, 2006 2000 Sabres league leading goal total, which was 308, uh, which they got right with some interesting math. I think they just went by what they thought the goals per game might be and multiplied it by 82, which is interesting. And then the 2020 Bills franchise record in points, which is 501. Both times got it exactly right, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Yeah, congrats to them. And uh, we'll be previewing something on social media before our next trivia night with, in terms of prizes. So some big uh, prizes coming up. One yeah. absolutely hilarious one that we're going to be doing. Can we say like the really funny one? Not yet. Oh, all right. Fine. But the other one I was, what I was referencing though, was uh, Mike has another prize he's going to get, but there's also, if you don't win the prize, there is more of them for sale. So we'll, Oh, that, okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll preview that when, uh, before our next trivia night, which should be coming up soon. Uh, and uh, a couple other Thin Man things to mention, though. They got a lot of stuff going on. So one thing is Pride. Pride Month's coming up. They're doing their Pride kickoff brunch. 
Uh, it's a collaboration with BKC Brunch Club. So that is oh, Sunday, yeah. May 28th, which is this upcoming Sunday, Memorial Day weekend. Also, Brandon's birthday. Hey. So 11 a.m. Uh, it's uh, it's at the Elmwood location. So if you uh, if you're interested, it says they have pop icon hits, brunchy stuff, and more. If you bring Ooh. your punch card from the last time you went to a BKC brunch, uh, you'll get to do some cool things. So, for example, if you went to three brunches, you'll get a BKC uh, beanie or a branded Palo Santo kit. Six brunches, you get a a T-shirt, and 12 brunches, you get a windbreaker. So go to uh, BeKindCity.com for your punch cards if you've gone to some of their brunches before because good stuff. It seems like you could win some cool prizes. Uh, in addition, the Pride Parade... Sunday, June 4th, Thin Man will be opening at 11 a.m. And interesting stuff going on here. There's a second floor VIP package for the parade. 11 to 3 open bar includes beer, cider, high noon, well drinks, (laughs) Prosecco. Shots are not included, but, you know, buy them anyway. (laughs) Exclusive access to the second floor bar, dining area, and patio. Plus, there's a brunch buffet. Uh so that's uh, the first floor and game room will be open to the public, but you'll have the actual second floor to yourself. Uh, so VIP tickets available at thinmanbrewery.com. So check that out if you're interested. Uh, also, they just released half a house, the German beer. Traditional double fermented wise buyer clocks in at 128 beats per minute. They say very interesting. It's a new seasonal item. And uh, it has all the qualities you expect from a German-style wheat beer. Uh, flavors of banana, clove, and orange marmalade. So check it out if you're into uh, if you're into that kind of beer. Should also mention we've mentioned it before, but I believe there's still tickets available for the summer solstice, and there's a VIP ticket giveaway uh, that gets you access to the first and second floors, a commemorative glass, a first pour, one food ticket, and three beer tickets. So. Seventh anniversary party. It's on June 17th. So go to Thin Man Brewery for more details there. And also everything I mentioned so far is at the Elmwood location. Uh, Brandon, anything else you want to mention about Thin Man? Yeah, the Solstice lineup, I think, is going to be dropping next week, too. I hope Cam doesn't mind, but my band Canadis is going to be playing at it. There's a ton of really other awesome local artists that are already on the bill for that. So make sure you keep an eye out for that formal announcement. But once that happens, get those tickets quick because it is a crazy good lineup. Just who doesn't love a good day party, right? Folks, we're going to shut the street down. We're going to have a bunch of great live music, drinks, food, the whole nine yards. It's going to be an awesome time. I'm sure the weather will be pristine. So make sure you keep an eye out and get those tickets for solstice. And you can come and hang out with Taylor and I and, you can hear again. Maybe we'll we'll get Yvonne and get him to talk about some of his crazy stories from his twenties back. Uh, what was that now? Like thirty years ago, I would say, right? Roughly. Yeah. Well, maybe we just talk about the odds. We won't say how old he was in the odds, but oh, you know, okay. Assume it's pretty old. <laughs> really. Looking anyway, forward to the text Thin Man Brewery, folks, morning. check it out. Yeah. What's that? Instead of looking forward to the text we're going to get from him tomorrow morning after he listens to this part. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Thin Man Brewery. Oh, boy. Elmwood and Chandler locations, and uh, they still had some American Lemieux there when we were there on Monday. So maybe check that out if you haven't had a chance yet. Heck yeah. All right. So what else should we talk about? (laughs) Well, while we're doing 
plugs of things I will say since you had mentioned before my birthday is coming up this Sunday and Friday night if you're looking for some cool plans to celebrate Memorial Day weekend you got the long weekend coming up at Mr. Good Bar my band Slow Animals is going to be playing three hour set from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. It's a little B-Day rager that we're having for both myself and our bass player, Jonah, who's a, a good pal of uh, of the pod. He's also in our fantasy football league with all of us, our dynasty league. But um, going to be a really great time. His birthday is, well, technically the day that everyone will be listening to this. It is on Thursday. So going to be a really great time, though. Come check it out. A lot of great music. Great pals. Going to be a nice little packed house. So make sure you're coming and hanging out. It's only $5 at the door. Should be should be a lot of fun. But Let's talk about some Amherst a little bit, Taylor, as they are off to a one to nothing series lead after they kicked some ass last night against the Hershey Bears, picking up a five to one victory in the game. Malcolm Subban made 20 saves on 21 shots in this one. You had three guys on the team who had multi-point games. Yuri Kulich extended his point streak. He ended his goal streak, but he has points in seven straight games. Brett Murray, Michael Mersh, and Jeremy Davies all had multi-point games. And so a really great, well-rounded showing from the Amherst in this opening game of the conference finals. Again, Amherst are looking to return to the Calder Cup finals for the first time since 2004. And I don't think it's lost on anybody that the last time that the Amherst made it this far was right as the Sabres were on the precipice of the big 0506 season. Now, that's not to say that AHL success automatically is going to translate into NHL success, but the 0304 Sabres in this 2223 Sabres are in kind of similar spots right now. And they also have these very successful farm teams that are doing really well. So who knows? I mean, that team in 0304 featured a ton of future Sabres, some very, very prominent Sabres to be uh, to be exact. And so could that still be the case for this Amherst team as well? I think it very well could be. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to disagree. AHL success means the team will be successful no matter what in Good the call. NHL. <laughs> um, so got two things to pitch to you here. Uh, potential clinching game six in Rochester Friday, June 2nd. Dude, if I there's a home on, what's that? I have a show that night, or else I totally would. Well, hold on, I got a great backup. Okay, we go to the finals on the road only if they're playing Coachella Valley. Oh, say who's in the final? Who's in the other finals matchup? It's Coachella Valley versus the Milwaukee Admirals. All right, we could take a little road trip, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you're a big Coachella guy, Taylor. I know that you could play Coachella. Perfect. Let's do it. I I mean, I'd be a couple months late, but it would still count, right? Yeah. Plus, have you ever seen the HBO documentary about Woodstock 99? Yeah. And it's really an interesting tidbit there that no one talks about. And Moby says, you know, he describes how Coachella solved sexism and racism. I think that was really inspired. (laughs) so i'd love to get out there and see what that was all about (laughs) how did we get here oh boy oh i'd love to go to coachella brendan you could play coachella while we're out there i don't even know if it's on at that point but i don't know it is super not but i would love to catch one of these games though sadly i would not be able to do that game six as i will be playing at thin man chandler that night with our good pal tj luckman who will be filling on on base for slow animals but very sad and for who uh for nick our drummer and then jonah oh. jonah's gonna play drums and then tj's gonna fill in on bass wow 
Isn't Jonah a talented? He's a talented fellow. Happy birthday, Jonah! By the way, yeah, happy birthday! What what a like a, a utility player this yes, fellow is. Absolutely, versatility beyond beyond this world. He also coincidentally too, as we mentioned, is a, a member of our uh, our dynasty fantasy football league that features uh, a lot of uh, Sabers related pals, and he won the league last year. Didn't he beat you in the finals? He did. Oh, sorry. Well, you though. I was under You had the upset of the century, though. You beat yeah. our, our buddy uh, Kev NT Ryder in the in the semifinals. There, that was just unprecedented. He was he won the regular season, and then you're like, "Nah, I'm I'm done messing around now." And you just took his ass down. Yeah, we call that Boston Bruins thinking. Mm, wow. I'm the Florida Panthers in this way, so I'm gonna lose. The Panthers no. are going to lose the Stanley Cup. Is Don't what's do happen? that. No, why can't you? You could be like Vegas then, because Vegas is going. No, lose I lost already. It doesn't matter. It was. It was in December. <laughs> it already ended. Or January, whenever it was. Oh, I lost. I'm just saying Florida's going to lose now because I'm Florida in the scenario. But why can't you be Vegas beating because the powerhouse Dallas Stars? Yeah, because that's not an upset. Your, your upset scenario Boston. is is allowing Vegas to win, and I don't care if it's it's a fake scenario or not. We can't allow that to happen. Maybe Dallas will win. Yeah. All mm. right, I'd like to say one last thing on this show. I'm officially doing a little bit of brake pumping on Jake Ottinger's an elite goalie. Uh, not saying he's not, but we're brake pumping for a second. Okay. Just like we are with Jalen Brown, I think. Because, oh, But even more so, because, all right, he has a lot of good bona fides. Picked in the first round, was really good in college for a few years, had a good uh, AHL season before he came up, and then was has been pretty good in the NHL throughout. And he had a really good playoffs last year. It was one series, but he was awesome. But, man, it's just really quick to anoint him, especially the way he's played in this playoffs, to anoint him uh, as Saros, Sorokin, Shesterkin, Hellebuck so are you, level. Are you saying, I'm saying is he's Jay- not on that level? Is Jake Ottinger the Jalen Brown of the NHL? Is yeah, that sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He loves Kyrie Irving. They're both in Dallas. Actually, this is coming oh together well. So, I no, I really think uh, all I'm saying is I'm not ready to 100% put him on that level yet. That's fair. That, that's okay. I think he maybe is right below that. I, I don't think that anybody would necessarily have a problem with that. I mean, if we're saying that the upper echelon is – Vasilevsky, Saros, Halibok, Shosturkin. There's your like top four there. If the next rung down from that is like Ottinger, Devin Levi, obviously. Uh, yeah, but, he will be. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I can get down with that. I think that Aiden Hill obviously got to be up there somewhere. Oh, naturally. He's probably in the Shosturkin like level around there, that range. Wow, you know what I also realized? This is a really, really random pivot I'm just about to do. This is going to be our last episode before a new episode of Succession, and I'm very, very sad about that. Oh, yeah, that is sad. Well, Are you going to be able to watch it? I don't know. I you, uh, anybody know. was wondering, too, Taylor had remembered that my birthday was May 28th and decided to book a trip out of the country in the meantime. Yeah, yeah it's true. Me. That's exactly what I did two years in a row. Well, I, I know. I didn't what go the, to the country last time. What the hell's up with that, dude? You know what? Is it three years in a row? Well, I don't know. Could be mistaken well, here, but that's just rude. 
I don't know. Well, I guess what I'm going to who, be out of town. Who's, who's walking away next year? Who's walking away? Is it going to be Cousin Greg? Is he going to be the U.S. CEO? So I think I kind of think so. And, uh, you know, besides that, I think people are just going to be really happy and a lot of stuff's going to go well. Okay. That's a very good prediction. I like that. Do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor, before we sign off for the day? Watch Barry, everyone. Barry's great. I got to start that, man. I'm so sad that I didn't. Also, wait, do you watch Ted Lasso? No. Okay. Anybody who watches Ted Lasso out there, they cannot let this be the last season. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love for the show to keep going, and I think it is the kind of show that could continue to. But this season has totally not felt like a final season in the way that like succession has or most other shows. And there's only two episodes to go. Well, one episode, I haven't even watched the um, most recent one that came out today, actually, but you should watch it also, Taylor. It is a, it's, it's a good show. Jason Sudeikis is great, but like, and the whole cast is really great, honestly, but it just, I needed to just like put that out publicly somewhere. It just does not feel as though this season of Ted Lasso season three is like setting it up to be like the, the big finale of the show or, or the story or anything like that. So I have a hunch that all these weird rumors about it being the end are are not going to be true. And they're going to come back for a fourth season, but I digress. Any other thoughts you'd like to share Taylor? Mm, well, the last thing I'll say is we don't have an episode for Memorial day, so we won't see you guys until a week yeah. from now. Yep. Good point. Thank you for the reminder there for everybody. Well, folks, we appreciate all of you tuning in very much to this episode of Straight Up Sabres. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites and whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Check out all of our fellow shows. Also, while you're doing that, make sure you head over to Straight Up Sabres on that streaming platform and make sure you're subscribed to us and or following us, whatever it is that your platform uses. Go do that. We'd very, very much appreciate it. Also, you could find both the presenters of this podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us Straight Up Sabres at Straight Sabres on Twitter. And last but not least, our amazing group of sponsors. First and foremost, Darcy Regeer's new restaurant. Make sure you go and check out those just absolutely sloppy burgers. You will really enjoy that soggy bun. Also, more importantly, though, DraftKings. Sloppy on the outside, the burger itself, bone dry, no slop at all. (laughs) Of course. There's literally no moisture. Appreciate that uh, that clarification there, Taylor. The French fries are huge, and they're not warm. No. Nope. It's like the outside is maybe like, a little bit warm, but then you take that first bite in and it is just pure cold on the inside. It's not that heavily salted or seasoned. Mm-mm, not at, There's none on there, actually. Absolutely none. It's it's honestly just a potato that they just throw in the microwave for like 20 seconds and then they just cut it up and hand it to you. Yeah, and it, even though it's called the Regeer Ranch, it has two stories, so it's like, what is that name even? And it turns out it's not even really owned by him. He just runs it. It's actually owned by Larry Quinn. <laughs> Weird that they gave us two ad reads. You don't see, you don't see many uh, ads at the end anymore of podcasts, but in addition to DraftKings, make sure you're checking out Raycon, whatever your audio device needs are, whether it's headphones, speakers, whatever it may be, check out Raycon's website. And again, use that promo code to take advantage. And last but not least, Thin Man Brewery. Make sure you're following Thin Man on social media and you're swinging by there for the great events that they have coming up, including their Pride Brunch, as Taylor had talked about before, and their Pride events next week. And all of the other great stuff that Thin Man is uh, has in the works. And go pick up a four-pack of American Lemieux while you're at it. Again, everybody, we'll be back with a brand new episode a week from today on Thursday. But in the meantime, enjoy the long weekend. This has been Straight Up Sick.